You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Now today we are in the final week of a series, like Lauren was saying, that we're calling From Dream to Reality. This is where we've been looking at the life of Joseph all in the book of Genesis. And we've been seeing all these character tests that God put him through for his dream to become a reality. And today we're going to be looking at the last test that Joseph passed, and it's called the purpose test, the purpose test. Now, last week we stopped um, at the point in Joseph's story where he was faced, he became face-to-face with his brothers, face-to-face with people that we saw that he had to extend forgiveness to because they had done some things, some serious pain and caused some serious pain and hurt in his life. And we saw Joseph pass yet another test. Now, from that point where we left and where we're picking up today, Joseph's life changes quite a bit. And I'm going to tell you some things that happen, all right? So he extended forgiveness, and he gave reconciliation to his brothers. Then after that, his entire family moves to Egypt under his care where he could provide for them during this time of famine. The relationships are restored. They have years of blessing as a family. And then Jacob, Joseph's father, his dad, he actually ends up getting sick and then dying. And that's where we pick up today in Genesis chapter 50, verses 14 through 21. So uh, verse 14, it says this. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he actually instructed us to say to you, hey, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. Now Joseph already extending the forgiveness and the reconciliation. It says this. It says, when Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. Verse 19, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? And verse 20 being our key verse today says this. says, Joseph tells them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. The purpose test. So what we're talking about today. Now, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm the only one, but figuring out, discovering my purpose in life has been like nothing short of a roller coaster. There's been a lot of ups, been a lot of downs, a lot of frustration, tons of confusion, doubt, with the occasional like aha moments. You know what I mean? It actually reminds me of the first time I ever played golf. I got out on the golf course and through the first 17 holes, I promised myself probably 18 times that I was never playing golf again, ever. Then we get up to the 18th tee and I hit a shot that felt beautiful. I'm, let me tell you, it probably only went 100 yards, but it felt incredible. And from that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm coming back. I am coming back. And I feel like that's kind of been, you know, my journey of trying to figure out, you know, my purpose. These tons of frustration with a few 
aha moments. And there's probably not another area of my life that I've questioned more than my purpose. And maybe when it comes to to purpose, you've, you've experienced the same. This roller coaster of ups and downs, a lot of twists, turns, doubt, confusion, questions. If that's you, I want you to know something. I promise that you're not alone. You're not alone. In fact, there was a, a survey, a recent survey of random Americans, both believers and non-believers, who were asked a question. The question was, if you could ask God one question and know you would get the answer, what would you ask? And the number one thing that they all, that the, the, the number one answer that was received was, why am I here? Why am I here? In fact, another survey, another study goes on. It says that 87% of people don't know their purpose. 87% of people don't know their purpose. Now today, before we leave, I would love for all of us to walk away three, uh, walk away with three, uh, knowing three things about purpose. And the first is this. I want you to, to believe you have a purpose. I want you to walk away today believing that you have a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God, the scripture says that God created you and I in a way where we have purpose, where he designed us and created us to do good works. In other other words, God created you specifically to accomplish things in life, to do things. Now, maybe you're here and you're wrestling with this tension, the tension of, of hearing this truth, but believing that it's actually true. And I get it. I do. If you're feeling that, I get it. I've been there. I have been there. But believing that we were created with a purpose, it is vital to understanding what God has called us to be, who God has called us to be. And here's why. Because when we don't understand something's purpose, or maybe we don't believe that it has a purpose, those things often become either misused or abused, or maybe even both. My brother and I, when we were growing up, we loved to just play each other in sports, just mano y mano. You know what I mean? He's three years younger, so I typically came out on top, humble brag. Um, but we loved to play sports against each other, and we loved to play football in the house, but there was a strict rule of no running. So we typically played in the hallway, gave us a good out of bounds, you know, on our knees. You cannot run on your knees. I've tried many times. So we would play football on our knees and sometimes we would have a football, sometimes we would, it, it, it really didn't matter what we had. We'd play with whatever we could get our hands on. That could, I mean, that could be a pillow, it could be a pot, a rock, it really did not matter. Now one day, for whatever reason, the object that became our football happened to be our younger sister's stuffed animal. Uh, it, was, it was this gorilla named Mr. Brown. I, I don't, you, you, whatever. So we were playing football with Mr. Brown. The game was, it, it was, you know, peaceful. It was just like an, a normal game, like normal, until the score gets to about seven or eight and you're playing to 10. And then things start heating up. Now, being an older brother, I'm like, I'm not about to lose to, to my younger brother. And Andrew, he's, he, he's like, nah, it, it's about my time. You know what I mean? So we're kind of going at it. I'm, I'm snatching Mr. Brown one way. He's pulling Mr. Brown another way. Next thing you know, I have Mr. Brown's arm in my hand. He has the body in his hands. And uh, there's this gorilla stuffing going everywhere. And we, there's an immediate timeout. Neither of us called. But we both had this look of horror, knowing that the rest of our day has now been ruined. Yeah, he's... When you don't know something's purpose, it can become misused or abused. Mr. Brown was meant to withstand the cuddles of a seven-year-old girl. 
but not the roughhousing of two older brothers. When you don't understand something's purpose, it can become misused or abused. And the truth is, is we even see this in Joseph's life. Joseph had a dream early on. We saw this in the beginning of his story in Genesis 37. His brothers misunderstood that dream. They didn't know it. And he ends up becoming misused and abused. They sell him into slavery. He ends up in prison. And the same is true for mine and your life. If people don't understand our purpose, we can become misused or abused. And I'm going to take it one step further and say this, that it, when we don't understand our purpose, if we fail to realize that we have a God-given purpose and that God's placed purpose deep within us, then we too could fall victim to misusing and abusing ourselves. So it is vitally important to understand, to believe today, hey church, God's given us purpose. God's given us purpose. Now, if it's so important, then how do we discover it? I'm glad you asked. That's actually point number two. Point number two is discover how your purpose looks on you. Discover how your purpose looks on you. You know, I believe we see this very real truth from the life of Joseph. And that is that your purpose is about who you are before what you do. Come on, church, say who before do. Thank you. That was great. We see this in Joseph's life. These past two months, we've been talking all about how God was testing Joseph's character. We saw all these tests that he had to pass. It was about who God created Joseph to be long before he ever accomplished what God had called him to do. You know, in fact, we've talked about how Joseph, he had these, these gifts of leadership and influence in his life. But the scripture that we've been studying, we don't see God taking him through any leadership seminars. We don't see him trying to increase his, uh, increase his Instagram following, do we? No, no, no. God was giving him test after test after test, all dealing with his character. Because it was first about who Joseph was before what he did. Now, with that truth in mind, if you want to know something's purpose, you look at how it's designed. So I'm going to give you three ways today how you can figure out, how you can discover how something is designed. And the first is this. You ask God. You ask God, you go to the creator. It's to ask the creator what the intent of the creation is. And if we don't end up doing that, then we can use things for a totally different purpose than what they were created for. Like think about an iPhone, you know? Like if you only use that to make phone calls, you are <laughs> limiting the purpose that it was designed with. Like you could get a Nokia for that, right? It is a smartphone. You can do a lot of things with it. Or like using something expensive as a paperweight, like your laptop. If it only sits on your desk to hold papers down, it is fulfilling a purpose, but not the purpose it was designed with. Or maybe the pull-out drawer, I'm about to blow your minds. The pull-out drawer at the bottom of the oven. Did you know that that is in fact to keep your food warm and not to store cooking sheets? <laughs> for real. I got one more for you. This is the video of Mav. Check this out. This is really cute. That man is having fun. Target calls that a boom buggy. Yeah. Man, loving it. Just living up life. Not even close to using that thing correctly, though. If you want to know the intent of the creation, you have to ask the creator. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says this. It says that I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 
David's saying, you made all my delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. These two verses show us this idea that God specifically and uniquely created us. That he had a purpose intended for us long before we were ever born. Maybe today, maybe your next step to discovering your purpose, discovering what purpose looks like on you, is to go to God, to start asking him how he's created you, to start asking him like what he's calling you to do in life. And I remember uh, very clearly a season in my life where I, I had to do this. It's actually when I moved up here. I was here for about a year. And there was a lot of questioning, a lot of confusion, doubts going on that I talked about earlier about like, what does God call me to do? To be honest, it was a, a season of kind of a, where insecurity was being pulled to the surface as I was looking around at all the people around me and seeing what they were doing, what God had called them to do while questioning my own. And uh, I got married, and the most incredible woman looked me in the eyes one day. And she said, babe, she said, my prayer for you is that you would see God how he's created you. And that soon became my prayer. And I prayed that daily. God, would you open my eyes? Would you help me see how you've created me? Holy Spirit, I invite you in. Would you please show me the things that you've called me to do? Show me the things that you've gifted me to do. And, and what that transformed into, like, God, I don't want to just see it. Like, I want to fall in love with it. I don't just want to see how you've created me. I want to love how you've created me. And what I felt like God told me from that season was, Nat, you will never fully discover your purpose while wishing you had someone else's. God has created you very uniquely and in an incredible way. A very dear friend, someone who's like my older sister, Miss Lauren, she shared this quote with me from C.S. Lewis. It says this, said, I would rather be what God chose to make me than the most glorious creature that I could think of. For to have been born in God's thought and then made by God is the dearest grandest and most precious thing of all thinking. And I want to look you in the eyes today and I want to tell you that each and every single one of you that you are the dearest, grandest, and most precious thing in all thinking. So you want to know how something's designed? You ask God. Two, you ask others. And here's why I think asking others can be so beneficial. Because we all have very limited perspective. We cannot see everything. And asking others helps us see things we can't see. In order to have the most awareness, one of the best things that we can do is ask someone else. So you may hear that and be like, well, who in the world do I go to? I got a couple filters for you. The first is people who really know God. People who really know God. You want, you want awareness in your life? You want helpful awareness in your life? Go to people who really know God. Go to people who really know you. Like they can speak to who you are because they've known you for a while. And lastly, people who really know God's word. You know, I, I might could even argue that you can't really know God without knowing God's word. So those are the three filters I would use. And I've decided that in my life, when, when I'm trying to ask people for awareness and, hey, could you speak to me? Those are the people, they fit those filters for me. They know God, they know me, and they know God's word. So what in the world do we ask them? Like if we go to people for help, can you help me ask them? Yeah, I, I got three questions that... I found myself asking a lot during that season when I was talking to other people. And the first is this, what do you think I have an unfair advantage of doing? In other words, what's something that I naturally do that others may not? 
What's something I naturally do that others may not? Number two, what do you see me consistently expressing passion about? Because I fully believe that passion is connected to purpose. The things you're passionate about, they're probably connected to the way God's wired you and the purpose that he's given you. And then the third is what are some blind spots that you think I have? Like, hey, if, if we were sitting down one-on-one and you had free reign to tell me, Nat, I think other people see this, but you don't. What is that? Because I want to know. Because when I know, it's no longer blind and I can do something about it. Now, a good place to, uh, to actually ask other people uh, to help do this with you, we actually offer that in our church and it's called Growth Track. Lauren was talking about it today. Today is step two. We call it discover your design. That's pretty fitting, isn't it? You know, discover your design. And what we do as a, as a church and as the Growth Track team is that we take biblical truth and we incorporate practical tools. And what we try to do is we uncover specific design and spiritual gifts and how that can impact, not just here on Sundays at our church, but how that can make a difference and impact our, our city, our state, our nation. Like we want people to walk away from Growth Track with a glimpse of how God has designed them, how he's created them. And so if you've never been to Growth Track before, or maybe it's just been a, a, like a really long time and you want a refresher, I wanna invite you, hey, join us today. We would love to help you discover some of the ways that God's designed you. So you, you ask God, you ask others, and then the last is that you trust the process. You trust the process. Discovering what your purpose looks like in your life, it is a process. It is not just a moment. It's not. It is a process that we go through. Like we don't just wake up one morning with this epiphany of what our full purpose looks like. It is a journey. But I do believe that more than ever, that this generation of people, that they believe they have to be instant experts. Do you feel that? We gotta be immediately masters of things. Like there's this culture of pressure to be a master at something the first time you try it. You know, think about this, like when you graduate high school, you're supposed to pick what you wanna do for the rest of your life. Yeah. When you get a degree, you're not supposed to be an immediate expert in that field. You get married and what does your family immediately start asking you? When you're having kids, yeah? Maybe there's this pressure to fit to a certain personality type. Our culture, it puts all these different pressures on us. If we allow pressures from culture to create an expectation within ourselves to become instant experts, then I fear that we'll become people who stop trying, that we'll lose the art of trying. I remember the saying from when I was in elementary school that if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. There was this beauty, there was a celebration in embracing a process, in trusting a process. And in fact, a way for you and I to express our purpose is to try things. Because like, you'll never know if you enjoy something until you try it, until you try it. And I'm gonna be upfront with you, it can be very awkward at first. It can be scary, it can be vulnerable, it can. But that's okay. Like MJ wasn't a superstar the first time he picked up a basketball, you know? Steve Jobs actually failed and was fired as a CEO as a CEO before he became the most successful CEO that we all know today. Like Tesla almost went bankrupt. Elon Musk actually funded it with the last of his personal money to keep it from going bankrupt. Today, it is the most valuable car in, in the world. And honestly, I, at 31 years old, what I can confidently say is that what I know is that part of my purpose in life is to teach and communicate God's word to do things like today. But let me tell you something, the first time I ever did this, 
It was not pretty, like at all, at all. I remember that day and uh, I remember being super anxious and nervous and feeling all the pressure that this had to be the greatest message that people ever heard in their life. I don't think I've ever accomplished that. But like 30 minutes before I was supposed to preach, I changed my entire message, entire message. The spirit was moving. (laughs) I had 25, 30 minutes to preach. Your boy finished in 10, 10. Everybody went to lunch early that day. I think we still made breakfast, honestly. But it was vulnerable. It was awkward. Dare I say it was like a train wreck. But you know what? I left that day feeling this fulfillment and like purpose was met far greater than I ever had before. And I never would have known unless if I tried it. I never would have known unless if I gave it a shot, unless if I embraced the awkwardness Embrace the vulnerability. Guys, we got to trust the process. You know, when it comes to discovering our purpose, I believe God, he's invited us to discover it. He's invited us to embrace it, to accept it and fall in love with it, to nurture it. Nurture means to encourage the growth or the development of something. And then lastly, to express it, like to make a difference in the world. And that brings us to point number three, which is this. Today, I want you to leave understanding your purpose is purpose. Your purpose is purpose. Ultimately, we all have the same purpose. And that purpose is to make a difference in the lives of other people. Now, that may sound contradictory to the second point we all just went through. But I believe when we often have the question, like, what is my purpose? Whether we realize it or not, the question isn't what is my purpose, but rather what does my purpose look like on me? Like, what is, God, what does your purpose in my life look like on me? That's what we're really trying to figure out. And I think we do figure that out by asking God, asking others, and then trusting a process. But our purpose, make no mistake, it is meant for more than just us. It is meant for more than just us. Your purpose will benefit you when it benefits others. And this isn't just a spiritual or biblical concept. This is actually uh, a, a concept that psychologists, they have a term for this. They call it transcendence, transcendence. In 1943, psychologist Abraham Maslow, he came up with the five stages of human needs. He called it Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And you can see in this picture, there's these five different levels. And the understanding is that once this level is met, that you will move up to the next level. So once your physiological needs are met, food, water, rest, you would then move up to safety. Once you have security, then you would move up to love and belonging. And he theorized that as you continue to go up these levels, you feel more fulfilled. Now you'll notice at the top, It says self-actualization. And this is achieving your full potential. It's like all about you, achieving your full potential. But after a lot more research, what psychologists discovered 30 years later was a a new hierarchy. They dubbed this Maslow's new hierarchy of needs. And it's the same exact thing, but with one thing added at the top called self-transcendence. So Maslow figured out that self-actualization wasn't the highest, but actually self-transcendence, which means to literally give yourself to something beyond yourself. To give yourself to something beyond yourself. In other words, true lasting fulfillment in life is found when life is not about you. Let's look back at Ephesians 2 and 10 again. It says, for we are God's handiwork. In some, some translations, it says masterpiece. We are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Like there are good works that God himself prepared for you to do. And when you don't, 
the world is missing out. It's missing out on the unique expression God's put in your heart. That's why biblically and scientifically, I believe with all my heart that the ultimate purpose of your life is to make a difference in the lives of other people. And Joseph himself actually had to realize this too. If you remember, his story started out with his dreams, with his purpose being about him. In fact, let's look at that in Genesis 37, verse 7. Joseph says this, he's telling his dream, he says, We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain. And suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Verse 9, he actually has another dream, and he's telling him again. He says, Listen, I've had another dream. The sun, moon, and 11 stars, they bowed down before me. Joseph's dream when it started, it was all about him, about his brothers, recognizing him as a leader, bowing down to him. But somewhere along the process, he realized that his dream and purpose wasn't just for the benefit of himself, but mostly for the benefit of others, which brings us back to our key verse today in Genesis 50, verse 20, when Joseph says this, you intended to harm me but God intended it all for good. Listen to this, his purpose has shifted. The perspective of his purpose has shifted. He said, you brought me to this position so I could help save the lives of many people. His purpose went from just being all about him to benefiting other people. The most fulfilled life we will ever experience is when we live a life where our purpose serves more than ourselves. Now, I think it's easy to hear this and think that this is like just one big commercial about jumping on a team in our church. Please let me make something clear. That's not how we view the dream team here at our church. The dream team, they are this group of people that serve here on Sundays, yes, but they are a group of people that have decided that they want to live their life on mission, making a difference. Sure, they may, you know, make it, they may be serving in the parking lot. They may hold the doors open for people. You know, they may greet them or connect with them on a Sunday. But it is more than just a, about that. They're, they could be a husband serving his wife on a Monday. They could be someone loving their entire street, their block that they live on on a Tuesday. A mother serving her kids on a Wednesday. A teacher raising up the next generation on a Thursday and so on and so on and so on. It is about a group of people who've decided that I'm going to live my life on mission. And it's going to be more than just for Sundays. It's going to impact far more than just for Sundays. Your purpose, it does not stop existing when you walk out these doors, church. Like it has to go with you because God put it in you. Like your purpose goes with you. It does not stop existing when you leave this place. Like God has designed and created you in a way that other people's lives can be different when you live your life on mission. Our purpose, man, it, it reaches, it lives to its fullest potential when it's used for others. And as we wrap up the story of Joseph, we see that the purpose that God had for his life was greater than for just him. It's far greater than just for Joseph. Joseph realized that his purpose was for the benefit of others. And, now his, and how his purpose looked on him was very unique. It's very unique for all of us. For Joseph, it was that he endured a lot of hardship, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, that he trusted God throughout the process, and that he found himself in a role that led to the saving of many lives. You know, Joseph's story, it points to the truth that the purpose in our lives are bigger than just for us. It's bigger than just about you and I. But more than that, when you look closely at Joseph's story, you'll see that the Bible points to an ultimate truth. 
that there is someone far greater than Joseph and his name's Jesus. You see, Jesus, like Joseph, Jesus, he was loved by his father and mocked by his family. He was betrayed by those closest to him. He was falsely accused. He was even stripped of his robe and he was even condemned and imprisoned. Joseph was sent to Egypt to provide physical life for many people, but unlike, Jesus, uh, unlike Joseph, Jesus was sent to earth to provide eternal life for every person. In fact, in possibly the most famous verse of all time, John three sixteen, God tells us the purpose of sending his son. For this is how God loved the world. Can I make it personal? For this is how God loved you. That he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Joseph merely sustained life. Jesus gives life. Church, Jesus is the true and greater Joseph. And the biggest step you or I could ever take to fully know our purpose and pass the purpose test is to first know and have a relationship with God. And we wanna give you an opportunity to do that today. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? I wanna ask you, what is God speaking to you right now? Maybe ask yourself this, what does my response to this message need to be? We have this belief that our Sundays should always affect our Mondays. So maybe ask yourself right now, God, what are you speaking to me? For some of you today, maybe it's to walk away believing that God has put purpose in you. Maybe you've believed lies that your life is insignificant or not valuable or not valuable enough Maybe your step today is to walk away believing that God has placed purpose deep within you. Maybe it's to start discovering what your purpose looks like in your life or even realizing that your purpose serves a greater purpose. But maybe for you today, you need to experience forgiveness, whether that's for the first time or maybe you just need a fresh start in your relationship with God. If you're far from God, we wanna give you the opportunity to, to experience forgiveness and get right with him today. We aren't going to point you out, make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. I just, I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that, knowing that today that you need to get right with God, I want you to just without hesitation on the count of three to raise your hand. One, two, three. I got you, 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 I got you. Put your hands down. Pray something like this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry I've lived my life without you. I invite you into my life. Would you change me? Would you make me brand new? I surrender my entire life to you, God. And I receive your grace and I choose to follow you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, some people just made the best decision they could ever make in their life. Would you please help me celebrate them? Put your hands together. We're so proud of you. Yeah, we're extremely proud of you. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.